0: What Should I Think About? is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing, but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About? podcast. I'm Celine,
1: And I'm Stephen.
0: And today we're talking about malignant narcissism, which is something I don't know loads about. So dad's mm. going to be, um well, I'll be question master, I suppose, and you'll be answered yeah, as best I mean, you it, can.
1: I, absolutely. It's not my area of expertise really Um, so this is based on a lecture that I went to, virtually obviously um, where two psychologists who've written a book about malignant narcissism which of course I'll put links to in the show notes um, so they've written a book about this subject and they are they're psychologists, they're sort of psychoanalysts I think they're from that sort of school so this is an area that is not something I'm particularly uh, familiar with. We didn't really do much psychoanalysis in my courses. Um, but um, it's quite interesting. And uh, they, they, the two of them did a presentation each. And I've got all the slides here. Um, and if you're really interested in this subject and you think, well, you know, I want to know more about that, then currently, as far as I know it, um, the actual lecture is still up on YouTube. They put it up on YouTube afterwards. And um, for anybody to watch. It is very dense and it's very. Um, it's not It's not delivered in a particularly entertaining way. You know, these are, you know, proper academics. Uh, one of them, though, has the most unbelievably deep voice. Honestly, it's the most, it's mm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think only elephants can hear some of what he says. Um, it's amazing. Anyway, so um, I will put the information up on the show notes. The, uh, I ought to tell you who these academics are, really. So we've got uh, Charles Ziders. I'm not sure if that's pronouncing it correctly. Um, he's one of them, and the other one is Peter Devlin. It's Peter Devlin who has the amazingly dupe voice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yes. So go do. for it. Ask me a question, and I'll well, see what I can do.
0: First things first, as we yep. do have a vested interest in cults. Um, is um does did they discuss this, or in your opinion, from what you learn? in the in the talk do you think every court leader is a narcissist or is it um, like or or is it like you know that marilyn monroe line where she's talking about rich men and it's like oh you know it doesn't have to be pretty or no women she's like oh it doesn't matter if a woman's pretty but oh my goodness doesn't it help is it like you don't have to be a narcissist but oh my it goodness helps. doesn't that help <laughs>
1: I think that's a really good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't talk about any um, kind of statistics around Mm -hmm. this. And in fact, they wouldn't because that's not their gig, really. They are uh, psychoanalysts. They they Mm -hmm. approach it from a psychoanalytic perspective. More of an
0: individual approach than like... Um, Yeah, and I don't
1: know... Mm -hmm. um, They they obviously were speaking... The the group of people that were listening to this, I think they assumed were um, psychoanalysts were... Um, therapists and so on mm-hmm. so um I guess they they do therapy themselves um they didn't talk about it specifically but no they, they wouldn't they wouldn't take a scientific approach like looking at statistics and so on they would they talk about their experience again you know okay. as we've talked about before really mm-hmm. this is the way that a lot of this subject is covered mm-hmm. um and so I don't know I suppose my simple answer is I don't know whether it is a necessary condition, if you like. It's not a
0: prerequisite. Yeah,
1: but I think it certainly makes sense. And and I should clarify that it's not just about malignant narcissism, this um, lecture. It was about malignant narcissistic leaders, Mm -hmm. um and particularly of cults so it was actually it was put on by the cultic studies association it was very specific it was specific about that yeah
0: i suppose as well just to reverse a little bit i didn't i I, you know we all throw the word narcissism around yeah we kind of know what we think that means um but this is a very specific term malignant narcissism like when i hear term malignant to me that sounds like dormant underneath what does it actually mean um because it's not is it no so not just malignant so ma- mean
1: yeah malignant actually is is a you know a poisonous um right growing condition um so yeah it's more referring to the um the darkness of it i think really right it
0: poisons you
1: yeah exactly right. so narcissism is worth it is worth um defining these yeah it's
0: really. like i said we all throw that word around but do we know we do, what it yeah. truly means
1: Um, So, narcissism is a kind of, um, well, I suppose in in therapy, it might be a specific thing. It's also just an English word or a word that we use in English um, for somebody who is, I suppose, a a kind of lover of themselves. They focus on themselves. And it comes from um, a character in ancient Greek history, I think, called Narcissus. Narcissus yeah um yeah you'll know better than me actually won't you
0: um well i've read this some of the stories so oh, okay um in tales from ovid so mm. the romans obviously took what the greeks did and went yeah. we like that we'll do it again Absolutely. um so there was a book that basically took all those characters so there's like arachne as well it's like the story of how the spider came to exist um and that's kind of about like that so they all have these immorals, don't they? So there's yeah. um narcissus which is about being like self centered and Yeah. I'm sure in one of the stories I read, they basically get cursed to like stare at themselves in the reflection of a puddle yeah. forever, um because they're so self obsessed that they just stare at themselves and sort yeah. of that's there's sort a painting
1: by Caravaggio,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is is the kind of go to picture if you look up mm-hmm. the subject of Narcissus or Narcissism, then you will mm-hmm. definitely see that painting. It's actually a fantastic, it's a beautiful painting.
0: It's a, um, it's a very interesting mm. one as well, because that's, unfortunately, a lot of the Greek and Roman stories, um, though they're maybe suggested to be by some to be moralistic. When we were talking about them in, in our classes, they were like, I don't know, the gods were just kind of messing about. They're not that the, we view the gods... Um, sometimes is the way we view like christian gods that they're doing stuff for reasons though it's not necessarily moralistic but this one does come across a bit more moralistic Mm. than than some of the others it is potentially quite warn warning
1: yeah i think i think so and it's interesting because that um that is that is the route that the psychologists um kind Mm. of go go down um Mm -hmm. charles Ziders particularly um uses myth and story to help understand how we've understood narcissism Mm. over the Mm -hmm. years um so so narcissistic qualities are are these qualities where we um we are obsessed with ourselves um malignant narcissism is it's a pathology it's a it's a um so there's a a couple of if you're um, diagnosed um, as a narcissist that's
0: the way they'll describe
1: it so george h pollock wrote the malignant narcissist is presented as pathologically grandiose, lacking in conscience and behavioral regulation Mm -hmm. with characteristic demonstrations of joyful cruelty and sadism. So it seems to be that they, um, it is all about them. They cannot, again, there's elements um, aligned to sort of psychopathy here. They don't seem to be able to, or care really about anybody else and their feelings it's all about me, mm. um, and it is associated with with evil. Um, Zayda's interestingly uses again stories and so on to try to explain our society's understanding of, of narcissism and narcissistic leadership. So that's the other element here is is the leadership element. So you've got narcissism, you've got um, the malignant form of that and you've got leadership so MNL is talked about quite a lot malignant narcissistic leadership so that's kind of the,
0: the whole thing yeah I imagine that they're kind of a fairly frequent occurrence like narcissistic leaders not because all leaders need to be narcissistic but because I imagine if you're narcissistic you might be drawn to leadership
1: yeah absolutely Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. saying
0: that, like, one, I think it's not a chicken and an egg thing where it is. I think it's easy to understand how we get there. Yeah, um, definitely. Like yeah. If you're very self obsessed mm. and self interested, I imagine you quite easily make the jump that everyone else will be interested in you and want to be led by you as well.
1: Yeah, and um, obviously, I guess you get quite good at it. You know, if you're mm. only thinking about yourself, you're probably quite good at politicking and getting yourself uh-huh. into the right place you know
0: I have a question yeah um I think people when they hear narcissism presume that they're obviously and apparently obnoxious and annoying um you know yeah. you're like oh they're a narcissist like we use it as a um, derogatory term for people but are um narcissists always obviously narcissists <laughs> do you know what I mean
1: um yeah I I Again, this is where we're starting to get outside my area of expertise. Yeah. All I can say is from the from the lecture, mm-hmm. um, it was only associated with negative outcomes. Yeah. yeah. So there doesn't seem to be much upside.
0: No, no, no. I don't think it's an upside. I think it's just, um, I guess, here's a, a, a theory I have in terms of, you know, if you cult leaders, we would say quite often going to be narcissistic as a, you know, I don't have a research study, but I would posit that as a, uh, you know, I would, wouldn't be surprised to think that's probably quite likely that a lot of cult leaders as narcissists, um, but it's not, as we discussed, people don't knowingly join cults. They don't go, I, I fancy a bit of cult life. Mm. Um, you know, they get all sort of tricked into it um, because I, I don't think narcissism necessarily has to look like what it is in pop culture it's all under there like they might just be they won't obviously be singing their own praises constantly but it'll be in their brains about themselves and so on do you know what i mean like um, if
1: well I'd, I'd kind of like to get into that um
0: yeah
1: a bit later if, if i can because i yeah, think we, we still do. need to define it um like so getting carried away what we're talking about yeah i think and the question you're asking is you mm-hmm. know how come people follow narcissists, narcissists um, yeah that's it because that's a it, really it, good yeah. question but we kind of need to understand it first, and so yeah. I'm kind of going at this You're in a way that. that they did it.
0: Yeah, table
1: that. Yeah, we'll table that. We'll come back to it because I think it okay. is really, it is really important. Um, Devlin actually looks at three case studies, which okay. it would be useful to do that. because yeah. um, then we can sort of understand how they yeah. end up with a bit of a. Following. Yeah, take us on a journey. Yeah, that's where um, I want to
0: get to. That's that's how we'll take <laughs> it. That's my that's my question in in readiness. Peter no, Devlin talked
1: about doing a tour of a world tour of malignant narcissists. If, if you want to do a tour, then yeah. this is a good place to go. You can imagine the tour, a grand tour of malignant You'd narcissists. You'd
0: be exhausted, wouldn't you? <laughs> right, go on um, and take us on the grand tour. Yeah, while so we let's get, go, work I, our way I, to my question.
1: I, I should say that um, if my voice sounds unusually croaky this morning mm. or um, a bit sort of weird, then it's because we're doing this at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, to fit it in, aren't we, Celine? So uh, you're, yes. you're going off on a holiday today. So, uh, yeah. Really so, <laughs> um. So I've got some um kind of characteristics. Let's call them yeah. of malignant narcissist leaders. So it's those three things together that we're looking at. Yeah, not
0: just um, narcissists, but malignant,
1: malignant narcissist, narcissist leaders. leaders. Yeah. So, I say that um, three times faster. I know it's not easy. um an ex, a non-exhaustive list um, here is quite interesting. So, so one thing to look out for if you're looking to identify somebody who is a malignant narcissistic leader mm-hmm. is grandiosity in combination with aggression. Right. So, you know, these people that are, um, walk in a room and they think everybody should sort of listen to them and, and they're mm. grandiose, you know. Egomania, ego inflation, megalomania loyalty to ideological supporters so they do obviously they love their followers um an invented worldview right. idealization of destructive facets of the self um, destruction or rejection of love for superiority maintenance um inability to negotiate or compromise for superiority maintenance so i guess this superiority maintenance is basically saying that you know that's always at the top. That's the most important thing is to maintain their superiority. So they'll reject love, they'll reject compromise, anything like that. Um, as long as like, they can you know, stay on the top. As long as they can stay mm-hmm. top dog sort of thing. Uh, inability to negotiate or compromise for superiority maintenance. Uh, manipulative object relations. So the way they they relate to other people is very Manipulative. I don't know what uncanniness, I don't know. Well, obviously I know what uncanniness means, but I don't know what it means in this setting. Um, oratory giftedness, which is interesting. So they tend to be good speakers, good mm-hmm. orators. They're very good at putting their ideas across. Um, so charisma comes in here. We've talked about charisma on the podcast before. Um, and it is an area that I'm quite very interested in. It's an area that I teach in terms of leadership qualities. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's, yeah, it's certainly, it's a risk, it, there's, there are dangers associated with charismatic leaders, but narcissists often are charismatic, uh, which partly answers your question um, about why people follow them. Uh, criminality in service to the ego. So kind of, you know, ends justifies the means sort of thing, and they'll yeah. do anything, even criminal activity. So that, I think that's a really good list. It's not, yeah. exhaustive you know what's interesting a with picture, the list as it? well
0: so, yeah. it, you know what's interesting with the list as well is that if you didn't say what it was you would just be like oh a cult leader you wouldn't, it's just it's obvious yeah. isn't it, you know yeah. some things you, it, it's a, a puzzle and you have to work out but you can't, that immediately you're just like oh yes, okay sure Um, interesting that it sounds like a lot of politicians as well <laughs> Just throwing that
1: there. It's quite funny. Um, as they were doing this, um, uh, there was a name in my head that um, that was that kept coming up. Of course, and was it, um, Trump? <laughs> it was Trump. <laughs> and they didn't mention him. Um, they didn't mention any politicians, any modern day politicians. No. Uh, which obviously is the right thing. Um, but yes, uh, I, but I'll have to be careful because you know. I think that's one of the risks of this subject. Mm-hmm. Is that for me, you know, Trump is the personification of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean he is. It's, no, I that know. is my perspective, and I cannot. Um, I would not, even if I was a professional, I couldn't a diagnosis on somebody just by watching news clips or just by listening to him no. talk. So have a, I have to be careful, I think. Yeah.
0: Have an interesting point just to throw out there. It's not yeah. necessarily, you know, just, 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 just something to chew on, so what you think. But um, I, I've often wondered what sort of person is required to be a politician because um, or like to be a top, you know, top mm. venture, like, you know, in yeah. the main seats. Because um well the ones that we that do well seem to fit the bill of all these things so often you know what i mean like the ones that actually get to the top of politics and sit in the pm's chair you know you could quite easily make an argument to say they fit these things i'm not saying who necessarily you you know yeah yeah so that i guess it feeds into that thing of like we must like them in my head i'm like oh, it's a big question like how do these people get into into power and leadership like they're seeing all these things these are all awful descriptors they're all negative descriptors but somehow mm. they're likable because i can see that in politicians and many leaders of groups and cults and they're being followed by people ultimately so yeah you know, people don't choose to follow people they don't like
1: Um, No, um, I I mean, I think there's a couple of things that you're talking about there. One is that it's almost, um, I think this has been, this has certainly been said before, is that, you know, in order to be a politician, you have to have certain qualities that um, would make you slightly narcissistic. I mean, who thinks that they are the right person In, in eight and a half billion, eight and a half billion people on the globe and you know I'm the right person to be in charge of the most powerful nation in the world yeah. or you know if you're even this country you know how many people live in the UK 60 billion uh, million um you know i'm yeah. I'm the right one to lead this lot you know it's like that has surely that has to be if you are a politician that wants to be a politician that wants to be prime minister then that does say something about you doesn't it I, I guess yeah. um but yeah there's um there is a little bit of information about their view of who might follow a uh, malignant narcissistic leader okay. so these are what they call vulnerability factors um, so transitions comes up again which is really interesting because this is one of the the, the it, it
0: sort of makes danger sense points if you like for cults anyway exactly. so it makes sense that it would yep. again be a moment yep. of danger with people not just the entities itself.
1: Absolutely. So, transitions in the life of an individual or organization provides opportunities for the MNL to gain control. Um, vulnerable individuals include idealists, reactionaries and pilgrims, as well as the economically motivated and persons in search of a saviour.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, groups seeking social stability combined with a tradition, um, I suppose, of authoritarians
0: mm-hmm. Um
1: Anxious to regress to a norm, groups frustrated from lack of social progress. So, if you think about the world as it is, I think we're we're definitely in in a risk uh, factor. There's big. There's quite a few risk factors because we do have um, sort of social instability, and you have this big gap between rich and poor, lack of social progress for certain groups. I think they are. We are in a period that is particularly susceptible to somebody coming along being. The answer, the savior, yeah, um, and you know, people will will actually
0: accept well, that. Well, not to you know, this will be that we've done quite a few podcasts and we never dropped to drop this bomb, so I think it's fine to say, um, you know, talk about World World War Two and like mm. Hitler. That was a it was a perfect the storm H-bomb. of yeah, the Hitler <laughs> yeah. bomb. Um, so it's mm. you know, he he fit, fits that bill quite well in that you know, absolutely he comes well, in the situ and the situation where meant that the people were willing to follow him do you know what i mean there yeah. was dire people were literally you know a horse would be so malnourished it would fall over in the street and then people would literally tear apart to eat because mm. they were starving like this is the nation that you know was was ready for a savior if ever yeah, so you know it's not surprising like to hear you say that because immediately your mm. brain can conjure examples so it's
1: yeah. And and the other the other factor it's it's really interesting because the very next slide actually is is mm-hmm. literally talking about this. They do talk about Hitler quite a lot. Um, yeah, a so, key example, I would suppose, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So what was interesting was uh, Hermann Goring, um Hitler's lieutenant, testified at the Nuremberg Court of mm-hmm. Appeal. Um so he was asked, you know, how did you get the German people to accept all this? Obviously yeah. they didn't know everything that was happening, but they did know quite a lot. And yeah. it was, you know, the, the people voted these people in essentially. Yeah, originally um, Goering, a
0: vote,
1: yeah. Yeah. Goering said it was very easy. It has nothing to do with Nazism. It has something to do with human nature. You can do it in a Nazi socialist communist regime in a monarchy. And even in a democracy, the only thing that needs to be done to enslave people is to scare them. Mm-hmm. If you manage to find a way to scare people, you can make them do what you want, um, and I think that is very sobering.
0: Yep, so, that just made me feel very upset. Yeah, yeah, because of how uh, true it rings.
1: Indeed, and I mean, obviously, we've got the the pandemic, which is is scaring mm-hmm. people, which is understandable. But also, before that, you know, you can see how political leaders may use um, the other, you know, the yeah. the other nation, the other people, the uh, the the ones that are coming to
0: well you know, yeah to,
1: to attack you to take your jobs to whatever It's that's often the way that people uh are are kind of attracted to these simple ideas i guess we create
0: scapegoats um
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: and i, I mean it's not the first time obviously uh, the nazis used the, the the jews massively as their scapegoat i know it was other groups that were also taken but mainly it was pushed upon Jewish communities wasn't it so yeah. but that's not the first time that that's happened often unfortunately the Jewish people have been used as scapegoats so it's not mm. like a new thing yeah. that they've discovered as a um, the Nazis so they were just using no, and the it's tool. still
1: it's still being used you know yeah. with the these um mass conspiracy theories often unfortunately Jewish people are are seen to be the mm. ones pulling all the strings somehow you know and um, it's, so it's still like there something
0: after. It's used as an easy thing to throw, mm. isn't it? It's just Absolutely. a group that quite quickly is is, is used as the scapegoat. Um, yeah. But yes yeah, like a psychological okay, so, tool.
1: Indeed. Getting back to malignant narcissistic leaders. Um, yeah. So some of the, what they call ideation, um, some of the ways that they think, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am an infallible visionary with unlimited scope.
0: Right. I
1: am a special case. I know everything. I alone can solve this problem. Um, gosh stop. So... I'm, I'm getting
0: freaked out about the way that like you know some people say we raise our kids now it's like you know telling them that that you know you know some people don't like the, the like participation trophies or they don't like oh, yeah. um you know they don't like being like too always like you're doing, you're the best and all that they think mm. you know there's a discussion around that and I think mm. pe- you know people may be over panicking a bit I don't think that we're just raising a bunch of narcissists, but, it does make you question everything (laughs)
1: it it does um i think um one of the i'm just trying to find that the slides that talk about this so there's quite a lot about the definitions on which which probably need to to move Mm. on because we could we could talk about it you know Mm. literally all morning um but there's in terms of the uh the, the childhood of a malignant narcissistic leader yes. it's quite interesting yeah, how do they
0: get formed
1: how do they become such a character um so childhood factors include a traumatic learning history um disorganized attachment so hopefully mm. you and listeners will remember we talked about attachment theory um quite a lot um previous episodes of this podcast in the strange situation remember that um Mm. the strange situation with the the child um how it responds to its caregiver when they come back tells you a little bit or suggests something anyway about their attachment to their Mm. caregiver um and the disorganized attachment is is like kind of not knowing how to respond when the parent comes back, you know, is it good? Is it bad? Are they cross with the parent? Are they, mm. you know, they're not going to talk to them. And so So that, that sort of behavior seems to be associated with it. Um, orphan psychology. Um, so maybe right. lacking a, lacking a parent altogether, neglect, abuse, paternal or maternal violence, paternal, maternal neglect, um, pernicious role modeling, you know, having somebody else who's, um, you know, showing these characteristics mm-hmm. or disruption to Ericksonian stage nego- um, negotiation. So Erickson, um very well-known psychoanalytic mm-hmm. psychologist, um, talked about stages that, that the healthy person goes through their whole life, actually, their lifespan. Um, but if you if you struggle through some of these stages for various reasons, then according to Erickson, that can have some long-term difficulties which I think is you know is, is quite interesting um, but it seems to be that this um, this behavior seems to be some sort of reaction to this so they are trying to um, make up for a lack of love and a lack of right.
0: um,
1: attachments um, and in one of the I can't even remember which one of the uh, the speakers talked about it, but they talked about their ego being like a shriveled up balloon. Mm.
0: Um,
1: they're desperately
0: trying to blow it back up.
1: They're des- desperately trying to blow it up, yeah, to inflate mm. it because it's shriveled up. They and so that means that deep down, they hate themselves. They mm. um, or they they fear that state, I suppose. So it's it's always trying to avoid. This feeling of weakness, of helplessness. Mm. Um, so they're trying to puff up their ego to compensate for all of that. And this is where the we talked about this the other day. This is where when we're talking about um, Star Trek and, and cults, you know, why do why do cult leaders want followers? Why you know, if they love themselves so much, why don't they just? Um, yeah. It's just spend the time, but, it, but they need on them. Their own.
0: Yeah, they mm. need
1: them because that—that's—that's that's the way that they are. They can puff up their ego. So you will mm. see occasions when the cult leader will, you know, demand some sort of praise from the group. So you know there'll be some ritual or some way of, of showing how wonderful he is, and it is normally a he, but not always.
0: No, so it, was there are to say, it makes me think of, um, yeah, Janja Lalic. Uh, talking about you know having to go to those like um Mm. you know gatherings with the boss and basically tell her how wonderful she is or play the games that she's decided everyone's going to play and it's because she's amazing um it just sounded like yeah a big like i I need an ego boost and you're going to all come and do that for me sort of thing
1: absolutely that's a great observation she talked about that didn't she with the cult she was in the cult leader Mm -hmm. was a woman um, but, yeah, she'd get everybody around sitting around drinking hard liquor and telling her how wonderful she was uh, mm-hmm. and, lo- you know, to love her. It was all about loving her, wasn't it, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. another, another factor, another feature of um, malignant narcissistic leaders is this uh, mercurial characteristic. So, in other words, they... Mm-hmm. They can kind of be incredibly cruel um, yeah. and then suddenly very kind and um, so it's, it's very difficult yeah. to work them out you know what do I say what do I do
0: It's very um, um toxic relationships as well I imagine a is, lot of a lot of abusive yeah. you know partners in relationships are probably um, displaying these characteristics or if they went to a you know if they went to a psychologist they'd probably uh, be be put at least on the consideration for some uh, malignant narcissism because i would imagine more people that have malignant narcissism are probably uh not saying everyone that is a malignant narcissist is either a cult leader or an abusive partner but these are things that we know if you talk to someone that's experienced that or been with someone like that it it seems quite similar yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely
1: (laughs) If you're enjoying the podcast please subscribe. It's just a click or a tap but it means that the show gets recognised as something of potential value and interest to others and it's the main way that we know people care about what we're doing. So if you've not already done so please click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you're using. Thank you and on with the show. Yeah, um, there was. Uh, I'm trying to find a a particular case. I can't find it now. But mm-hmm. um, uh, with with Stalin, so Stalin's another good example of a, a narcissistic, uh, malignant narcissistic leader, and. Um, so he would like, you know, for, for pretty much nothing, he would have somebody shot. In fact, yeah. if, if you've ever seen the film, and I, I recommend it because it's actually a very good film called The Death of Stalin. Yeah. You can see this characteristic. It's played out very well here. It's almost comedic, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so in in this, um, they talk about an example where a, uh, I think it was a a surgeon, um, somebody was treating him anyway, and, and they afterwards they commented to somebody else about somebody they treated they didn't even say the name but it was it wasn't quite um glowing anyway i had him shot <laughs> um but then there was a young guy who was caught um throwing darts at uh, a portrait of starling oh god yeah. and um and he laughed and said, you know, oh, good on you, you know, at least you you know, you're practicing how to shoot straight. Um so it was kind of you never knew how he was gonna react. And this is, again seems to be perhaps part of their it's, modus operandi.
0: I think it's part of the um it forces like a so I don't I I don't know the psychology behind it and you you might, but like it forces this um, need to please because you don't know which one you're going to get so you're always on sort of best behavior yeah. for them. do you know what i mean because I think you're worried so. I at absolutely. what they I might do and classic. how they'll react
1: mm. yeah it's classic bullying tactics isn't it it's um I remember yeah, they at come school. over
0: and they big be your friend and yeah, then two seconds later they're knocking you out of an apple you know, exactly. across the playground, actually happened. Just want to bring that up. <laughs> what to you? No, no, I, I was standing on the playground once and I watched a boy get knocked out from a distance by an apple. my oh, god! Just launched it, but then two seconds later, you know, they're all best pol- be- yeah. best pals. It's just, mm. You know, playground absolutely hemmed full of narcissists launching apples. No. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, So just um, moving on slightly, um, we talked a little bit about gender. So it seems to be that um, more men than women um, display this characteristic, Mm -hmm. which I guess not much surprise there. But then um, we live in a society which, um, you know, up until recently and maybe even still is is quite... um, a sort of patriarchal um, Mm -hmm. society in many respects, or at least certainly has been. So not surprised that if you're looking at leaders, then any category, you're going to find more men than women. Um, Yeah, even the negative
0: ones. I think, unfortunately, maybe, I don't want every every playing field to be made equalised, but I think, unfortunately, unless we get rid of narcissists altogether, (laughs) you'll probably just see it displayed more equally as time progresses. I don't think it's an inherently male thing. Um, no um, to be a it, malignant that, that, narcissist it's just how no. society has fallen currently
1: that's right that's it and they they actually give the example so i'm actually quoting here um from them um they find evidence um of malignant narcissist, malignant narcissism in the leadership styles of elizabeth holmes mm-hmm. um so this is yes. a fascinating yeah this is a fascinating case actually i It might be the subject of another um, episode, actually. But Elizabeth Holmes um, was the CEO of um, Mm Theranus, which was a... um, It was supposed to be a machine that you could take a blood sample of somebody, you'd put the blood into this machine, Mm -hmm. and it would basically test the blood for lots and lots of things. So it's essentially a little portable laboratory
0: yeah I've heard of this but I can't I know it doesn't end yeah. well I can't
1: remember no, exactly um, what though. there is a documentary that is well worth seeking out actually I recommend it strongly okay. recommend it it's absolutely fascinating and Elizabeth Holmes was a an attractive young um, she has a very deep voice um, and very charismatic character um, and you know all the classics I suppose now we think about it um and she uh yeah she managed to get big investors to invest into this she managed to get um yeah lots of uh government um sponsorship and so on because obviously this was a great idea imagine Mm. that you know rather than having to send a blood sample off to a to a lab somewhere and then them having to do tests on it all you needed was this box Mm. um that you could put on the desk like the size of a printer imagine a yeah, normal yeah. desktop printer it was like that so you put the thing in and it would um and that they, they showed you what was going on inside and it was appalling <laughs> it was mm. just never going to work it was just an idea that we didn't have the technology to actually do it because you imagine all these diff- little they no, had to split all it's these so little bits there's of a reason blood. that
0: blood tests take ages it's it's hard <laughs> exactly. it's
1: not easy and you've got to no. be so careful because of obviously contamination Mm. um anyway so it it all fell apart but she's an example and um, i would like to do an episode on business cults because we haven't really Mm. covered that yeah Um, we should and that is a good example of a Mm. group that many people feel kind of either turned in or was or Mm. was at the start a kind of cult
0: i suppose i'll do a quick call out to the to the twitterverse and just say if you have uh, any business cults you'd like us to explore when we do that episode, because I think we definitely will. Uh, yeah. Do us a tweet, um, you know, at WattSitter or DM us mm. and just uh, with any particular, you know, businessy cults you think we should explore. Uh, absolutely. That would be interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I think um, that gives us a kind of good picture mm, of... It does. Uh, what, a, ...what a narcissistic leader is like. Uh, I think I'm it's
0: yeah oh i was just gonna say i think it's interesting you said she's like attractive as well you know with the yeah. biases that we've been discussing mm-hmm. the one about being uh halo a more effect. like yeah we trust attractive sort of you know traditionally attractive yeah. people more i mean it all fits together there's like a perfect storm of a of a cult leader you've got malignant narcissism you've got the halo effect you've got um you know the way that we want to you know, you know, the transition periods, the points at which people can get drawn in the little perfect storm to create these situations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um before I move on to the next speaker, um, mm. I really like again this um, this quote. I mean it's obviously it's from a from a detestable man, but um, Goebbels said, If you tell a big lie, sorry, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. And again, that's that's mm. very, very poignant, I think. Um, and they make the point that a mad leader will gain adherence if, one, he points out that social inferiors are thriving, while, mm. two, the superior group is failing, and, three, presents himself as the leader to restore thriving versus failing ratios in favor of his adherents. So, again, this is a tribal... Yeah, we've seen that here, again and you know. again, yeah. Exactly, yeah.
0: Mm. okay
1: so i'm I'm going to move on to peter devlin's um
0: slides talk. Mm -hmm.
1: and he tends to take three case studies so i'll talk i'll talk a little bit about those Mm. um he identifies these three characters i mean he does talk a little bit about hitler and and others but he then takes so much of a um, much more kind of focused approach to three people I'd never heard of, I'll be honest. Um, Jan of Leiden, mm-hmm. um, and he was around in the 1500s. Uh, Credonia Muarendi, um who was around in 1952, so quite modern day. And Hong Zhuan, I think is pronounced, although I'm probably getting it wrong, a, a Chinese um, leader of the day now if you're interested in these then obviously you can do more research these um i say as i said the we'll pop in
0: the show notes won't you so people yeah, can find we'll the spellings put, and um... stuff
1: okay. we'll put all the names up there and you can do some research and they're actually quite well known i mean it's my ignorance really that i don't know them not that uh, they're not well known but um jan of leiden um he came around in germany um in 1500 and something and he sprung from the Anabaptist movement, so this is a during the 16th century, uh, we have mentioned this before, I think um, Margaret Singer talks about this in her book, around this schism, so this is when the Catholic Church basically was um, losing control, and mm-hmm. the Reformation and uh, Martin Luther and all of these uh, these movements were around and Jan of Leiden kind of, again this is, this is a period of transition, this is a period of Um, unrest so he he basically declared himself king of the world in 1536
0: Um, wonderful he literally got on top of a hill was like i'm king of the castle yeah okay right
1: yes um yeah so how does that go for him i i he basically took over this uh town Um, it was Munster I think right right yeah I mean he just displayed all of the qualities but what you do see is lots of um, brutality Mm. towards his um, uh, well anybody you didn't think yeah Um, talks about his reign of terror and he was yeah uh, he came to a a bit of a sticky end Um, so yes if you want to go to St. Lambert's Church in Munster you can see the cages there where people were hung up and and killed so not very nice um so he he demonstrated all of the characteristics um i'm I'm obviously quite sketchy on this because it's not my area of expertise um you can find out a lot more about this character and you know his machinations how he how he managed to get power and all of that Mm -hmm. Um, but he did all the things we've we've talked about really um so this is these are the case studies i guess that they've drawn from to to identify the qualities of malignant narcissistic leaders um Hong Juan um which I am sure I am pronouncing incorrectly um so he was the guy who led the Taiping rebellion 1850 to 1864 um and what's interesting about him is that he so you might think that he, you know, he was obviously in China. He would have had a Buddhist um, or some Chinese uh, religion, if you like. But no, he was Christian. He he actually bumped into bumped in sounds a bit too. Uh, they were walking down the uh, street. You know, he yeah, bumped into, um, but he he met a missionary, and um, he kind of took what the missionary was telling him, and he decided that it was you know applying to him mm. which again is something quite interesting and and going back to things like jehovah's witnesses and others other groups they always um it's always about them isn't it as a as an organization or as an individual so um i don't think you know i don't see jehovah's witnesses having an individual malignant narcissist at the top because they have a governing body but whether some of them are you know who Who can say? But I think what is interesting is when you look at the history of Jehovah's Witnesses, even now when they tell it, you know, um, 1919 was the time when Jesus came and cleansed the temple. But there's this belief that um, heavenly universal matters are being played out. Um, by the individuals mm-hmm. who are leading the church or leading the organisation, and I think that sounds incredibly narcissistic, doesn't it?
0: It does, yeah.
1: Um, and so that you know, I think there are some similarities there. Um, yeah, I mean, lots and lots of bloodshed, terrible, terrible uh, violence. Um, and again, I mean, to you be know... fair,
0: if you believe you're some sort of like, if if, if you take. Christianity to the nth degree and you're believing that your ends justify the means, like you said before, mm. and you're using the Bible as your ends and means. I mean, you it, no surprise it gets t- to bloodshed, you know? Because yeah. it's pretty brutal in there.
1: Oh well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean ends justifies the means is absolutely one of the things um mm-hmm. that the narcissistic leader believes. Yeah. Um so if you attach that to um you know to universal issues of sovereignty mm. and, um, yeah. and god and so well yeah of course you know you've got a, you've got a nasty mix there mm. um the final one is credonia morindi um who was the high priestess and co-founder of the movement of the restoration of the ten commandments of god and right. um, so this was a ugandan cult really
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and again there are similarities here that i think any ex-witness or anybody that belonged to a doomsday cult will recognize so mm-hmm. she said there will be no year 2001 basically 2000 year 2000 was going to be
0: yeah the end there was a few this people that was... thought that wasn't there people were yeah. really freaking out <laughs> or no it um, was too and... yeah it was the millennium that freaked people out she went for the year yeah. after
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah. no i mean she thought them it would come in 2000 that's why oh, right. oh, oh, yeah. no yeah. two thousand. Yeah, yeah so she, so yeah all they're all freaking out off, yeah. you know <laughs> um and they, le- they led a terrible life, very ascetic and very, mm. um, a life of you know, well, just poverty, really. Um, and anyway, March 2000 um, comes along, and because the end hadn't come by the, the date they thought, essentially, we had a mass poisoning and no. burning. So, mm. um, over a thousand followers died because this prophecy had not been fulfilled um and well at least that's the conclusion that they've come to i think there are are some that debate that's the case but um it seems to be that so it's um yeah terrible terrible consequences but again you know this is the ends coming um you know jehovah's Witnesses think that um as the end comes there'll be this this cry of peace and security and then they'll get rid of all the the religions all the religions will be destroyed by the governments mm. um apart from jehovah's witnesses so somehow they're going to escape that and then mm. all the governments are going to look at jehovah's witnesses and say how come this group's still around you know and at that moment they're going to attack jehovah's witnesses and that's the trigger that's the moment when jehovah's going to protect his people well, that's incredibly narcissistic isn't it yeah. to imagine that you know we are the ones that are going to be at the centre of this this mm. great battle and, and so on, it's just ridiculous um, I've got a few other things to say about this actually which are quite interesting um, mm-hmm. so one of the characteristics of an MNL one of the mm. things that got me quite frustrated, um, I'm a bit of a pedant really, um, with this particular uh, speaker, which he kept saying MNL leaders and even on his slides it says MNL leaders well the L is leader so you can't have mm-hmm. MNL leaders because that's malignant, narcissistic leader leaders. That doesn't make sense, does it? Anyway, um, the MNL leads a peripatetic existence, often marked by some type of failure before they ascend to power. So this word's so been used it, a lot.
0: Yeah, is that like prophecy based? Or no. What does it mean
1: then? Peripatetic means, and I had to look it up because I didn't know mm. what it meant. It's um, a very but it obscure means, word, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a really interesting word it means mm-hmm. leading a kind of almost nomadic you know you kind of right. in every one place you you do a bit here and you do a bit there and you mm-hmm. you go on over here and you go over there so you've got no stability I suppose
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it's often marked by that, that sort of failure in the first instance and again if you think about Hitler you know he, he staged this what he considered was going to be a coup um, and it all fell apart you know he ended up in prison um mm-hmm. but then obviously he he comes he on, had,
0: he, yeah he had things fall apart multiple times didn't he? he wanted to be an artist and he blamed that on yeah. certain things and that didn't work and then he failed this coup and that didn't work but eventually when they is it is it part of their belief system because you know to go through these trials and tribulations till eventually it works then
1: um i don't know if uh, obviously they'll internalize that in some way Mm. and it'll be part of their their grand story Mm. won't it you know um, their struggle i mean that's again hitler talked about his struggle
0: um Mm.
1: and it's part of that struggle um so here's a couple of interesting things mnl um leaders and mnls uh, are attracted to religious movements the mnl often appears within militia millenarian or transcendental movements mm-hmm. um, so millenarian are groups that um preach a kind of violent end time if you like so they're looking to a armageddon or something mm-hmm. like that um, once they establish themselves as leaders the movement of the movement they inspire followers to surrender themselves to their leaders millenarian plans Uh, This begins a profoundly deep and disturbing relationship between leader and follower. Um, So yeah, this... this, um, If you've got a group that is a doomsday group that believes the end of the world is coming, um, then that is a bit of a red flag, really, for malignant Mm -hmm. narcissism. It doesn't necessarily mean that the leader is a malignant narcissist, but it is a red flag, I would suggest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, MNL leaders, I just keep doing it, uh, are charismatic. This means they are special, at least to their followers, and mm-hmm. they exist separate from mundane and ordinary human beings. Um, so yeah, they have this this, um, this aura about them, if you like. Um, they become a god, or god's authority on earth. So they take upon themselves the authority of god. Um, but once mm-hmm. in power, they're totalistic, paranoid, and sadistic. And again, we can see this in cults, cultic groups, high control groups, destructive yeah. um, groups and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, now they they think, I don't necessarily agree with them on this, but they think we are in, in a particularly um, dangerous phase. I do agree with this. I think we are in a particularly dangerous phase of cult creation because, or malignant narcissistic leaders, Mm -hmm. Because of all the things that are happening, but they also think that the breakdown of traditional religion um, also means that it's kind of a bad thing because it it means that these, you know, you kind of lots of little groups might crop up and with belief elsewhere, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. with with individuals who display these characteristics. So I suppose I can can understand how you come to that that.
0: conclusion, but I don't necessarily want the result to be we should keep going to church as well. We'll have to come up yeah, with some that's of the bit. Do you know what I
1: mean? Um, they say social chaos, fragmentation and dislocation are the social conditions that the millenarian leader needs in order to thrive. When human communities and bonds sever, as they now have for most of global humanity, millenarian leaders may fill the vacuum. They offer a totalistic, communitarian, transcendental vision and ideology that attracts followers who face... The uncanny frailty of human bonds the feelings of insecurity that frailty inspires and the conflicting desires that feeling prompts to tighten the bonds and that was from bauman in 2003 and i think yeah that's certainly um a
0: risk yeah. isn't it now so yeah. as, as as there's a vacuum created of um exactly you know, yeah yeah I, I I did used to hear a few people uh say they were like oh I don't necessarily believe in God, but I take my kids to church because I think the morals they teach are worthwhile or good, and so on. Yeah. And um, so I guess it comes from that. Th- that, sort yeah. pers- that sort of person, that sort those sorts of fears.
1: Yeah, and I guess you know we are um, uh, we are atomizing, if you like. We we are separating into little individual wow. groups through the internet and so on. And yeah. um, I mean, you know, I, I've not sort of been out anywhere for the last year and a half properly you know mm. on occasion but um it's um it's easy to just become very isolated and uh, yeah. and then you are kind of at risk i guess um mm. of being involved in some of these groups so yeah i think it's very interesting and um yeah i don't know how we summarize all that have you got any thoughts
0: i think it all just um as much as it is dense it all makes a lot of sense um yeah. and like i, said, I think it's uh, interesting in that it's pulled together a lot of threads that we've talked about. It has, um, yeah. So, you know, I think this is definitely one of those ones that um, if you haven't listened to some of the other ones, maybe that we've referenced, we can um, yeah. pop a note in the show notes as to which they were.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, maybe some of the like the ones where we've discussed the halo effect were like the uh, disorganised attachment and so on. Um, mm. So people can, you know, sort of fill in because I think this is one that's a really good sort
1: of yeah it's filled in a lot of gaps for me um yeah i I, i think it has been it is really interesting i guess one of the risks is that we just like everything else really we um you know i and you are not um an expert so it's easy yeah. for us to say oh yeah there's your there's your malignant narcissist look oh yes, and there yeah. he is and, and that's a cult and that's a malignant no, no, narcissistic yeah. leader so I think and I think that's inevitable what kind of happens in these conversations because you yeah. recognize some of this stuff of course, um, but yeah. I think it does give us some warnings I
0: think it's it's you know it's not saying that we're going to go out diagnosing everybody but I think it's worth knowing it so that you can spot some red flags if necessary mm. do you know what I mean like we've said yeah. that you can be You know, it's a time in the world where, yeah, it's easier to get sucked into things, um, and it's or you're if you are post cool, it's a you know, it's easier to get potentially pulled in because you're looking for things. So even if it's you know, I'm not saying that you go out and you point at people and say, well, you're a narcissist, but if it's just for the safety (laughs) of your own self to be able to be like, well, maybe they are a bit, and I'm not going to go go to their club that they say I should go to on the weekend, you know. you know um join that company or yes um, exactly go on that writer's retreat yeah exactly um (laughs) so you know i
1: think sorry the other thing that i think we should say um i didn't say is that all of these examples all of these groups led by malignant narcissistic leaders end very very badly um so yeah there they lead them over a cliff
0: yeah, there's not a it's 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 not one of those ones one of uh, where you can go but it's just differences of ways of being it is dangerous and bad yeah. to be a narcissist and it needs you know not to say if you are if you if someone does like I've diagnose as a narcissist that there's no help or way out um you know well, this, this is just the people about, that lead yeah
1: yeah they talked about treatment for malignant narcissistic leaders I mean um yeah there's two different um Concerns here. One is for the person themselves, and yes, they were actually quite on, open and honest about the fact that it's very, very difficult to treat a malignant narcissist because of their very mm. nature. You know, they won't, they won't accept, that, no. and they might be very manipulative as well. So they might actually fool the therapist. Um, mm. But then there's the other side of it, which is the the leadership side of it, where you know people follow them, and that's yeah, the, the people left that's in the, the wake, yeah. side of it really. At this point um, so, in time.
0: Mm. You we, you you start with trying to stop other people joining, I guess, and then you try and help the, the narcissists themselves.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So um, so yeah, very very interesting. Um, I'll put information upon the on the show notes. I hope you found yeah. that.
0: Um, no, I enjoyed that. That was good. I enjoyed mm, it.
1: I, I, <laughs> I found it. It was kind of hard going, as I say. They were they weren't the most um, animated speakers, and they tended to just read from the slide. You know, so. Uh, it was hard going but then when i went back and started to look at it again i started to think, actually yes this is really interesting the so um, the book minutes let it slot read. Yeah. yeah so it's worth getting the book i think um at some point and uh, mm. i'll put the link to that on as well
0: fantastic okay cool well awesome.
1: thank you for listening everyone don't forget to like and subscribe
0: leave a review leave a
1: review um we haven't got a Um, Tweet of the Week today um, but we'll look at that for next time so we're recording quite a few of these very quickly um, together because Celine's going on holiday Um, so we haven't got a Tweet of the Week today but we will shortly it will be back
0: it will be back next week just hold on to your hats (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, okay thank you very much
0: bye Bye. what should I think about is an Evil Sheep production